What's good, y'all? It's your man DJ Playboy back with another edition of the Perfect Talk Podcast. I love this podcast, man, and I do no episode without my dog, my man, my bruh. Girl, scream like I'm Keith. What's going on, Reggie? What's happening, fella? I'm good. I'm chilling. How's everything with you? <laughs> Life is good. Life is good. Living blessed. You know, you know, never stressed. Um, no complaints, man. No complaints. How about you? What's going on your side, though? What's going on? What's new? What's new in the life of Keith, man? You always got something new, exciting going on, man. Me, I, I, well, I, I, I suppose it's new and I suppose it's exciting. I took a couple weeks off being my kid, so that was cool. Just, just having a alone time with the kid, forming, forming your own relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's a boy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think a guy has a certain relationship with a boy. And you could probably relate on the other end of it of of a man having a certain relationship with his with his uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. That you know, it, it's just um, it's a, it's a different kind of fun. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's a lot of people call it work, I, I more so just call it constant. It's just like a constant constantness. I don't know what what other words. Like constant, constant motion. Words. Con- like, I thought you were gonna say constant yeah, motion. Constant motion. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there's no nap time where I'm just like, all right, he'll be down for an hour or two. It's like, all right. Uh, he'll be down for at least 15 minutes. I got time to do blank. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I might be able to, to to put down a deuce into into my man throne uh, <laughs> real quick. And then that's the only comfortable thing I could do. Yeah. And from then on, it's just me waiting, doing stuff to waiting on him to, to wake up. So, um, But even so, you just find stuff to do. Find uh, Find your own groove. You know what I'm saying? It's, he, he's weirded out at first, me feeding him, but now he's kind of used to it. <laughs> like, hold on, this is not what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a lot of it. It's like, nah, this is not what you do. So, like, we have to find our own ways because I didn't even try to mimic the way his mother does it. Like, I just said, all right, we're going to do our own thing. I mean, not to say that I, I just tossed it all away. Like, nah, these books is bullshit. And we buy some new books, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do it daddy's way. <laughs> and then, uh, but it was just like, you know, we found our own rhythm. I I, I said, I'm going to have patience so he could learn me and I could learn him, and we figured things out. That's cool, man. That's cool. I remember uh, early in my experience with it, um, with, like you mentioned, you know, you get those 15 minutes. Those were I, I found myself craving moments where I just had moments of free thought. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like my mind just was constantly on, you know, alert mode or uh, or serving. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I mean? Taking care of, uh, changing, lifting. You know what I'm saying? So it was like those moments where I could just think to myself were, were pretty cool. Um, she napped a lot. You know, obviously all kids nap a lot when they're early. So I used to get my little, uh, I think I played video games back then. So I used to like, you know, get some video game time in or she'd be napping for like an hour or two. Um, but now I found myself... Uh, really, really looking for those moments where it was just, man, let's. When does the motion stop? You know what I mean? When can we just, just sit and chill, just sit and kick it? Yeah. Nah, but um, and that's dope too that you kind of found your own remixes. That that's what every, that's what life is, right? With parents, so you just you find your own version of whatever advice was given to you, and then you figure out what works for you, man. And it's 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 awesome, man. I think I, we were talking offline, man, it, and it goes by fast. Just looking at where my daughter's at now, and. Um, the stuff that 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 she's experiencing is having to deal with, and it's like, even with me, it's like, I gotta be a parent, but I don't necessarily want to be a parent. So it's like, I, I never really cared about what anybody watched and telling someone they can't watch something or <laughs> worried about what type of influence it would have on her or blah blah blah. But it's like now that's something I have to consider. You know what I mean? That like you can't just take it for granted because there's a lot of wild shit out there. 
Um, and it's like yeah, definitely. I I know lately you've been saying, um, you know what? See Dolores Tuckett. Well, she was uh she was misunderstood. You know, you, you sympathize with her a little bit more nowadays. We'll be talking in our group chat. A little bit, though. I mean, not to that extreme, but yeah, a little bit. Some certain things that obviously I didn't care about before. I'd be like, yo, it's it's. I don't know. Even like with rap music, sometimes like uh, like an, it's 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 a catch twenty two because I'm a DJ and I have to keep up on music. But it's like sometimes I'm like, yo, after about twenty minutes of it, I'm like, yo, what are they talking about? And I find myself, and even though the content isn't that much different, I guess I listen to stuff that we, uh, for lack of a better term, grew up on. Um, you know what I mean? Or listen to maybe about like ten years ago or fifteen years ago, and it's just like because I don't know, like for some reason I can listen to that, but I'm trying to listen to some of this new shit, and I'm just like. I don't care. I don't like it. It's not appealing to me. It don't do nothing for me. So it's like, and maybe that is, maybe the negativity of it is something that's, that's that drawing me away from it. Who knows? But um, yeah, when it comes to your kids, though, it's like you can't control everything and you don't know the effect everything's going to have. You know what I mean? So it's it's like uh, how, how, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, you try, you, you, you just try to cater what they are going to see around what, you know, what you can control. And, uh, right, right. Cause you, it's only it's but so much out of your control, man. Um, how you how's uh you been you been working out? Though I know when you first start parenting, it's easy to get that dad bod because you know what I mean your your workout routine. And even with you, I remember when you first were telling me you were having a kid. I know you're being very structured with a schedule. Um, how is it? Um, not only just with workouts, but how is it like not being able to be on a schedule as much as you used to be? How's that adjustment been? Uh. It hasn't been good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, I think that I'm going to have, I have to find a different way. So essentially, you got to adjust. If your schedule adjusts, you got to adapt to it. So I think that that's one of the things, like, maybe starting to wake up early. I started waking up early. I was never I was never a super early guy. I was a pretty early guy. So I might be more of, like, a, my alarm is at 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m. versus 5 a.m. But it may have to start becoming that where... I set my alarm for five, six a.m. Get my workout in. Th- then I could. Then I have the rest of my day to myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't like going to, to work out in the evening, like after five. But I may have to start becoming more flexible and, and doing that. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Because yeah. energy levels be a little different in the afternoon and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I think some people's good at it. Like you, you gotta go. You gotta go. You come off of work. You just hit, hit the gym. But I just never could do it. And I think probably because throughout my whole adult life, I always had the option. To go early, I go at some off time because, like, even when I used to work at a hospital, I worked three days a week for twelve hours. So, um, at four days where I could just hop up ten a.m. random times, ten a.m., one p.m., but no one's there, just go to the gym, have an entire studio to myself in within the gym, and just work out and do all kinds of weird shit and jumping jacks and skipping across the the, the studio and shit. But uh, I, I was never accustomed to coming after five and six when the after work crowd is there and it's you know you gotta share shit with people or the machine you want might not be available so you gotta go figure something else out so i, I think I, i'm gonna have to make some concessions with myself and be like listen you know it may not look perfect but you gotta you gotta get it in yeah so to, to your, your original question yeah the dad bod is definitely coming coming uh combined with the pre-existing condition of the the covid 90 <laughs> And that's that's when you that's when you gain weight during the pandemic. <laughs> it ain't no new strain. It's the COVID nine zero, and 
Yeah, so just trying to get that together. And then with the delivery blowing up and shit like that, a lot of nights it's been very easy for us to order takeout. So I got to figure something out. Just sit down and literally like a, almost like a school project. But all right, what what, what are we going to do here? Well, I'm in, I'm in a constant state of that right now too. And I think it, it's going to always evolve because one, your kid's going to get older. And uh, when they when they do, <clears throat> the, the schedule that you just got used to is going to change again. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's kind of constantly always adapted to it. But I'm in the, that same boat now where I know the things that I got to do every day that to, to be who I want to be, to be successful. It's just, in my mind, I'm like, I don't think there's enough hours in the day to, <laughs> to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got to make money. I got to, you know what I mean? I'm a single parent. Um, I, I create content. I got a full-time job. And it's like, I want to work out. You know what I mean? And it's like, some days I want to do it all. And it's like, it ain't all going to happen. You know what I mean? So, um. It's really, I think it's a good point of advice that I heard listening to a podcast once was like, a dude is like, if you just make, not not that I'm going to work out in the morning, and then if you if it doesn't happen, you, you fail the goal. More so the goal is, I'm going to work out today. And either I'm going to shoot for the morning, but if that morning thing, kind of like a fail safe, is going to happen at 5.35, and you know what I mean? You also, you set two different times. Maybe if this time didn't work out, then that time will work. But you know by the time you get in bed that night that the goal of working out has occurred. Um, and I, I guess that he, he said that worked for him. Um, definitely, it's hard though. It really is hard, man. It's just because now I'm at this point where, um, once I mean my body's kind of uh, adjusted to the new schedule. I used to work, you know, obviously at night and then uh, different days of the week. And I think my body's kind of gotten used to, you know, the the schedule I'm on now. But at a certain time in the day, that my energy levels feel like, all right, it's done, bro. <laughs> time to time yeah. time to reload, like. The most I can do for you is put, sit you in front of a TV and watch, you know what I mean? Because your mind is just tired, bro. And I, I'm not used to that. Because I used to be like a, I was like you said, you never was the one that woke up super early. I used to be the dude like staying up at late at night, getting stuff done. Like, all right, I know I could get that out. I'll bang that out later. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's not it's not as easy as it used to be. Right, right. But let's get right into it, man. Let's get this shit. Um, There's uh, been a whole lot going on since we spoke last, Keith. And... I don't even think we spoke about this. I don't think so. Um, Superman, son, has come out as being uh, bisexual. And, you know, it's caused a little bit of... Uh, it's polarizing, I guess to say the least. Um, some people are against it. Some people are for it. Um, it looks as if, though, that sales have, have risen since the announcement um of pre-orders for uh the issue i guess where he comes out as being bisexual and um as well as older issues as well have 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 been uh reordered and re-released uh because to to keep up with the demand for the comic which is um i mean you know great for their bottom line i think it's weird though because i feel like marvel announced a couple months ago that cap the, the new captain america is going to be gay and it didn't get as much press as the Superman thing, but maybe Superman's a bigger hero than Captain America. <laughs> I don't know, right? But, but yeah, so um, but I feel like it definitely did not get as 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 much attention. Um, but yeah, both you know, shout out to the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, you know, in, in that regard, that they that they have two characters that are going to be representative of who they are and, and these aren't the first characters that are, that are gay or lesbian um or bisexual in comic books marvel has characters dc has characters as well um but i guess you know in this maybe in this era 
these are the first ones that are being announced and released. Um, how you feel about that, Keith? I mean, if any, about the superhero thing, you think is because sexuality has existed in superheroes before. It just you've seen more of a heterosexual view. You know, what I mean, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, uh, Superman, Lois Lane, uh, Batman, Catwoman, Vicky Vale, whatever, whoever his female interest is in, in, at that point in time. Um, but this this is, I guess, different than that right this is this is the the other side of it this is uh something that we have not seen uh up front as much in in, in our main superheroes right and um i think just the, the modernization of old things is i guess is necessary because superman is such a huge cultural thing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so superman that story should reflect the culture and it looks like dc comics did and that and that t- just totally makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know much about the story of Superman, but they made this new story a big thing. And I never knew uh, outside of Lois. Like you knew Lois Lane was, I wasn't a big comic book reader, but you knew Lois Lane was Superman's girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know much about the romance. You just thought, oh, that's the, his lady. Like that's not, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of romanticism to it. It's like, yo, he beats people up at night when he takes his glasses off and then he has his girlfriend and then they keep each other happy, whatever, and not thinking how they do that. Yeah. So that's why this is, a, I don't know if it's because um, just the news is so big, it being a first, the you know, Superman for the first time being bisexual, but now I know about it. So that was unusual to me, just me knowing Superman from a romantic standpoint. But, you know, stuff like this is necessary uh, black superheroes, um, uh, superheroes that aren't just straight, su- superheroes just in general that aren't just white and they're, pe- they're people of color or superheroes of color. So that stuff is necessarily change hurts. I know a lot of people are disturbed by it, but stuff like this is necessary to the point where it's not, you know, you, you see stuff like this and it's, not, and it's not such big news. And I think that was the, the, the weird thing. I forgot, like, what big news this is and maybe i didn't appreciate it enough at first but it is a pretty big deal but you know if we keep going on this course it doesn't become such an unusual thing mm. and on the flip side you see the the lgbtq like i don't know if to call it a strike at netflix the employees all, all walk out mm-hmm. like they got some movement there um essentially walking out and marching against like dave Chappelle and having some some um, demands and stuff like that. And it looks like they're getting some kind of movement. Dave Chappelle said he's willing to come to the table. But in a weird way, uh, his, uh, Dave Chappelle's, uh, his jokes, it was kind of normal. It was it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, trans jokes. That's, that's kind of a normal thing. Maybe at some point that just won't be a normal thing. Yeah, well, maybe it's just such a Dave Chappelle thing. I don't know. You no, know, well, it, it it puts us in a very weird place. Like, I think it's awesome, and we and we could transfer over to that conversation with the Dave Chappelle um, special, the closer receiving backlash from Netflix employees, uh, even um, who want it, who want the series taken down. Sorry, the uh, the special taken down um, off of Netflix, and and have had um, other demands as well. Um, and and I think it's good that Dave that it's not being taken down because Dave started the discussion. Um, I think it's a very weird discussion, you know, like when you have people protesting and then you have like Dave Chappelle supporters showing up at the protest or the walkout, I should say, it, with their own kind of counter protest. Um, I think, you know, we're entering a weird place because these can just be discussions. 
You know what I mean? Like this is something that we all can come to the table and have a discussion about. You shouting with signs and yelling back at me with signs. It, it, you know what I mean? I think that puts us in a weird place. Um, but I am happy for Dave um, and that, that that he got to make this special, that he got to express a view that some people don't want to, um, some people feel like they can't do. You know what I mean? Like Joe Rogan made a comment a few months ago that straight white men are being silenced in this country. And I think his mistake was, you know, saying that it's 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 only straight white men. And I think it's because straight white men aren't used to being told what what they can and can't say. Um, but more so, everyone's being kind of silenced in this country. You know, you can't even comedians. Right. They can't express a joke like com- comedy is based off of not and not all comedy, but we grew up on comedy that was based off of a culture where you might make fun of the person in the front row. Right. That's what we know as comedy. So it's like someone's feelings always get hurt. Right. Like the stuff that we used to do and we thought were hilarious in school, we may be considered bullies now. And it, it's or worse. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I got your resume, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, um, it, 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 I'm glad for Dave for bringing back the uh, freedom of speech, so to speak. And I said that in air quotes, but it also puts us in a really weird place where him, him just expressing how he feels and his views causes this much backlash. Is Netflix going to give the next person that freedom? Yeah. And mm-hmm. to that point of the, the, the protesters and counter protesters, uh, uh, I think we're in a culture where people want to like having marches is like a thing now that I wonder if the meaning of them, the meaning of them are is diminishing because like for instance uh, like a year or two ago i have a, a young family member um at the time she was like 16 and just talking about oh, what i would want to do with my life and she said oh i think i'd like to be like an activist i'm like oh for what cause i don't know i, I just kind of want to like galvanize people and get them to like march on stuff or whatever but but think about that statement like oh i want to be an activist oh for nothing really i just want to get people fired up and i think that is kind of what's in the veins of society right now, at least for, for young younger society. Maybe people maybe between like the ages of actually no, there's not even no ages because even old people's doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just in the the bloodstream of of America right now. Say, so, yo, I gotta protest something. I'm gonna march against something. Like they take Martin Luther King, but hey, we should do that. But what cause are we gonna do it for? And they don't give a fuck what how menial the cause is. They're like, yo, I'm gonna march on that shit. I'm gonna protest it. I'm gonna do all these things. And then liken it to the civil rights movement or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and that reminds me. So that's what I think about when I think about counter marchers to the, to the the Netflix employees thing. To your point, it could have been a conversation. It could have been just been a like, ah oh, man, I I didn't realize it was that serious. Let me just hit them up. Or if you don't like it, all, any of it, it's like, all right, well, I'm the fan of this comedian, and he said some jokes about that. Some a bunch of people were offended at. That's nothing new. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just gonna stay home. <laughs> And just watch this play out because that's nothing to march against. Yeah. To, to march for Dave Chappelle's freedoms. Now, to Joe Rogan's comment about straight white men and critical race theory, he didn't say critical race theory. I'm saying it. But, <laughs> like, it also, I saw a clip of, of Condoleezza Rice the other day talking I about, about like, I, it, I, I, I do think the conversation has gotten weird uh, of, like even the fact that I'm calling it critical race theory, I mean, really, what what it's all about is, you know, just, it, putting into school lessons that there were some people who were oppressed, there were some oppressors, uh, 
and that needs to be explained. And what need also needs to be explained is how severe it was. Mm-hmm. And it it was it's these two sides going back and forth to to a point where each side like dug in further and further. So it's so um, it may have started in the middle where it's like yeah, I mean, yeah y'all had it bad, and yeah some people on my side are you know kind of you know like this is the, the the even though it may not be the full truth is kind of in the middle and then people just started going way over to the, the different um polls to the point where if there's a straight white guy oh you're a straight cis and they throw like throwing all the the opposite labels like you're a straight cisgender tall white man from massachusetts and like the identity thing, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I don't talk much about identity stuff in public, at work, around family. Basically, around many people, I don't talk about it. But like, It's a safe space. It's, it's a safe space. <laughs> no, it actually isn't, but no, it's, it's actually getting, it's getting weird, man. It's getting ridiculous. And, you know, I'm almost 40 years old, and I think that I'll consider myself a pretty progressive dude. And I say in the, in the, uh, in the chat, I'm like, man, I thought I was progressive, but, man, these... There's some motherfuckers out there who's really liberal about these things, mm-hmm. like really, really progressive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I've I've identified white people that have taken advantage of white privilege, but like, it's I don't know. We got to be careful when we just see a white dude or a white lady, and unless they really do some racist racist shit, like, don't bring up their identity because. You don't. You don't know their identity. How do you? You don't know them. (laughs) It's a stranger to you. You you don't know the experiences. Exactly. Like if you just some white dude cuts you off and you be like, yeah, there's white privilege. You have the white privilege to cut people off. And a dude pokes his head out the window, be like, nah, bro, I'm Brazilian. You. What's what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, or, or it could be a white dude, a white, white dude, and he's like, "Yo, I live in the same housing projects as you. What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, not every white person has privilege, or, or take advantage of their privilege. I should say, maybe they have it, but don't take advantage of it, or even use it, or even know they have it. Um, and that's 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 what you say about identity. That's a hundred percent true. Like. I can't tell you what you are and anything else would be, if I try to, it's a generalization, right? I'm, I'm trying to generalize. I'm trying to generalize you based off your appearance, based off of uh, what I've heard about people that look like, I might've never even met someone that looked like you, you know what I'm saying? But based off of what I, I'm thinking about what you look like or what you remind me of, I'm going to say that. And that's what fucks people up too. And speaking of identity, when, when it's like what people identify as, right? Like, I know you to be this. In my mind wraps my mind around this and it's like so I'm gonna call I want to call you this but you know what I mean but calling you this offends you you don't identify as this and that's where it gets tricky you know what I'm saying yeah. and I think that the trans community made a mistake by making it like yo this is hate speech so now if I support Dave Chappelle because I like Dave Chappelle as a comic or even I just like the special now I'm supporting hate speech and it's like no you gotta know that there's a confusion to what's going on there's a newness i should say not a confusion but there's a newness to what's going on for some people and not everybody is as um sophisticated in this community as you are to to know you know how people identify and how this is this is something that takes time you know what i'm saying and um the fact that dave is talking about it is uh, you know what i mean from what i've seen from the now i'll admit i haven't watched the entire uh uh um special but from what i've seen He's a man that is like, yo, I've known it to be like this. 
and and now you're telling me that it's different um and and for me there's a little bit of holding on to what I used to know and to be, you know what I mean? As opposed to what might be coming on the way or what might be changing where we're at right now. And he's doing it through conversation though. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not doing it through, all right, I'm going to go and, and, and bomb this transgender person house because I don't understand it, which some people do. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go hurt this person because I don't understand it. Some people do. You know what I mean? He's like, yo, I'm, I'm here talking to y'all about it. Now is is around the guise of jokes so now it's like or are you making fun of me <laughs> you know what i'm saying are you bullying me yeah. and uh but it's like but also it's like comedy is the universal language you know what i'm saying it's a it's an equalizer it it it, dif- it diffuses tense situations so it's like you know what i mean like maybe that's that is the the only way some of these conversations can happen because how do you bring people to that table right um, yeah, but to to be fair though, I think uh, Dave Chappelle tried to be shocking with some of his jokes on purpose, and mm-hmm. to uh, as he's a really smart dude, and you and it came off in all his specials on Netflix in all his specials period. But um, like some of the things he said felt like it was meant to touch a nerve on purpose to the point where it wasn't even a punchline. He'd just be like, "Oh, say some crazy shit and just let it hang out there in the air," mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, and I don't know if to call it bullying or whatever. It's it's showmanship in the sense that he knows what he's doing. He's trying to get play with the or with the audience's emotions and their mood and just own the room in that way. But uh, all of it wasn't said in a gentle way. And to your point, yeah, he's he's kind of memorializing what he's where his brain is at the time, but other parts of it were just him trying to get a reaction, which he did, which I think some people take too seriously. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I guess people got a right to speak up for for or against this type of thing. Well, Dave Chappelle's a joke, I, right, I, that that I recently heard, right, that it, it, I don't yeah. know where it's from. Um, it's called Man Rape. Um, and, and basically the joke is like uh, the, there's a rapist out um, in San Francisco, but he's been raping men. And eight, I won't eight, lie to you. That shit was wild. Hilarious. Funniest that I ever heard. I was I was on the floor Yo, cracking the up, right? Was, I know what you're talking about. We'll go ahead and finish. <laughs> yeah, so to everyone who doesn't it is a hilarious joke, but I'm I'm not gonna say it in a joke form because I'm gonna fuck the joke up. But basically saying, you know, like eight 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 guys have reported that, you know, that they've been raped by by this guy. And he's like, you know he must have raped thousands <laughs> because no man wants to admit, you know what I mean, that he's been raped. He's gonna like walk that shit off or some shit like that, or um however the case may be. So that could be offensive to men who've been raped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that could be offensive to someone who's been molested. You know what I'm saying? The fact of the matter is it's funny because of the absurdity of it. You know what I'm saying? It's funny because of the, uh, like we shouldn't be laughing at this like, type of, you know what I mean? Situation. Like it, literally the joke is, is, is he can't say that joke and say towards women. You know what I mean? He can't, you know what I mean? And, and it would still make sense, right? If there's a rapist and he raped eight women, he possibly might have raped more, you know what I'm saying? But they don't necessarily, the joke could still would have made sense, but it just wouldn't have been funny if he had directed it towards women. And someone's always going to be offended. <laughs> it's You know what I'm saying? Like, it's comedy. That's the point of it. Uh, so, to, like, it's not to hurt people, though. It's not meant to hurt you. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to, like, ruin this guy's night because I made fun of him in the front row and he's sitting next to his girl. I hope he gets some pussy when he goes home because we made fun of him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope yeah. his girl is like geeked off of it. I don't really want her to be like, go home and be like, yo, you are kind of fat. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not the intention behind it. But I think right now as a society, as we try to calibrate how much we should regard mental health, right? Like, should we be canceling plans because maybe we had a tough day or uh, can you call out of work, you know, because you feel anxiety or you hear a trigger word and should you shut? Can you do you have the, the permission? Do you give yourself permission to shut down if you you hear this trigger word? And we, so that brings up resilience and my value that, that I try to teach in my family. I have a niece and she was, she, sometimes she's triggered by stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm not going to tell you not to be triggered. In fact, you should be triggered by certain things. But the question is, how are we going to react to that triggering? Do we keep moving forward as we deal with whatever it is that triggered you? So now with the man rape joke, you hear a rape and that's a trigger mm-hmm. as it well should be. But I feel as if people stop there and don't listen to the rest. Because the reason is hilarious because it may be because I'm a man, I could hear the truth in it. Um, is because the truth in it. Like the he essentially said that now people, we got names for everything. And I'm going to use the names in this context. But you know I don't talk like this. Uh, we talk in private or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about toxic masculinity to the point where somebody won't report a crime, an assault on themselves. Because they're like, yo, I got to protect my masculinity. Uh, over over anything else. Like, with all the crazy shit that happened, I got to protect this part of me to say that I was uh, raped by another man. And, and and that was a joke. But I think the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of his shit, and a lot of comedians in general, their stuff, what this, this uh, concept of, like, triggering, and that bothered me, so therefore it has to be canceled or something like that. I think that um, that has become a predominant feature in our culture and hence the backlash and by the way i don't think that is as controversial as this trans stuff because like that he's i feel as if it's if it's a woman i don't know if it's right or not but if it's like a woman saying something offensive about about women that other women find to be generally true Mm -hmm. it it was kind of like that i felt you know what i'm saying even though he used rape i think it was a true story i didn't google it but i don't think it matters because uh, Dave Chappelle, like in his early specials, a lot of his stories are very fantastical. I found I find that nowadays he's making stuff that's more based on real life, mm-hmm. so it tends to cut cut you in a different way because it's like real stuff, like um, LGBTQ issues and um, rape and all that type of stuff. And, and and not to stick on with this one joke, but the genius of the joke is. The honesty Genius. that 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 Dave expresses when he's when you know like when he's picking himself up off the floor and like I guess I gotta walk this shit off. It's like the man. It's the sounds he's making as he's picking up his pants. Like you know what I'm saying. It's not the fact that someone got raped. That's not the joke. The joke is like right. like you said that it's actually using the toxic masculinity to to. But the way it's it's the way he's expressing. It. Someone else couldn't express that joke and get the same reaction out of me. But it's the sounds and the mannerisms that he's making as he's you know picking himself up off the floor. Um, basically because it's kind of there's a truthness to it, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, like yeah. huge <laughs> truth. That's what made yo. It's it's probably one of the hardest hitting Chappelle jokes. It's up there with I didn't know I couldn't do that. Like it's it's up there in the pantheon of, of Chappelle jokes. Because, yeah, because it's like because it, it, it doesn't have to be written. It's something embarrassed happening to you, and you you get home, and your girl ask you where you've been. You're gonna have that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, yo, I, I, I was out cheating. Fuck it. Like, I, I, I was out fucking other bitches. <laughs> yo, uh, 
so like I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and uh, you know, with podcasting, you can listen to almost anything on any topic. So I like listening to stuff like hip hop albums or old black movies. Like you know, listening to like somebody rewatch New Jack City or listen to Reasonable Doubt again or something like that. And sometimes okay. I listen. I'm like, man, these dudes are making this shit way too smart. Maybe I it, having that visceral feeling of you just talking mad ignorant with your your friends and stuff about this type of stuff. <laughs> gotcha, okay. I, I kind of miss that. And, like, these joints is mad smart, and I feel as if we just did that with the Chappelle shit. Like, we just made it mad smart, like, <laughs> professors and shit. Like, we was in the fucking Harvard Crimson writing about this shit. We had to break that shit down. <laughs> right up. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man, write a dissertation on that bitch, man. But um, a bigger conversation, too. You know what's funny? Is, and, and it actually ties both of these things that we've been talking about. But, like... I've heard the term gay agenda used uh, within the past month and, uh, you know, referring to Lil Nas X, who Lil Nas X just dropped the album and debuted at number two, right? I haven't listened to Lil Nas X album, but I can, what I've heard from Lil Nas X album, the music is great. It's 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 dope. Um, the fact that he's singing about gay themes, though, it, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, and I'm, I, I don't know why I have not listened to the album, but that may be a reason. why. Like, do I really want to sit here a dude singing to another dude? But then I also listen to women singing to dudes, right? <laughs> so it's like, I can't, I'm not singing along with her rhymes. So it's like, if it's good music, it's good music. And like I said, the shit that I've heard from Lil Nas X has all been fire. Um, but then I think with the whole gay agenda thing, there's this like attitude that we're trying to like teach the next generation to do this. And I don't think that's what anyone's trying to do. I think we're the, by, by having um, inclusion and by having representation, you're trying to teach the next generation that this isn't something that should be ostracized or uh, made fun of or um, bullied. You know what I mean? Like the same way you want to go talk to that girl over there. He wants to go talk to that boy. Like who cares what the hell is he doing? <laughs> Pay him no mind. You know what I mean? Like keep to do what to do what do focus on you. Focus on what you're doing. But um, I, it's like, it's like, um, so cause someone's used that term with Nil and I was like before. I've heard another person use it in reference to um, Russell Westbrook. Remember that picture where he was wearing the dress for Fashion Week? Yeah. Yes, I've heard someone like refer to that. Like that's part of the gay agenda. Like they're trying to show boys it's acceptable to wear dresses. Um, Jojo Siwa has come out as being, um, I, I believe, either bisexual or lesbian. Um and I don't know if you're familiar with who Jojo Siwa is, but like, um, she's a huge like uh, dance star, uh, kids star. Um, she's come out with her own series. She, her brand is huge. Uh, kids love her, girls love her. Um, she actually has a movie on Paramount Plus right now with um, Tisha Campbell. Um, it's kind of funny because like Tisha Campbell's in full like Gina mode. Um, <laughs> but it's like uh, it's it, kids love her. This is the point. And my daughter uh, wanted to watch a video about her one day, and while watching the video, I didn't, and I, I wasn't even aware of this. I thought JoJo C was a little girl. JoJo C was like 18 years old, at least, right? Like, um, so like in the video, she's like driving a car, and my daughter was like, she looks at me, she's like, she's old enough to drive a car, because <laughs> she, because the character she plays isn't isn't that old, right? She plays like right. high school, like high, you know, like a high school student or something at the most. I, I thought the kid was only like junior high school or something like that, but um. Part of the video we were watching was it was it was by people and it, it was about her coming out. And I, when the story or the video, you know, kind of like, uh, what's the word, transitioned to talking about that part of her life, I took the video off because I'm like, 
I don't necessarily want to introduce my daughter to those themes, even heterosexual. You know, I'm like when a show gets to like dealing with like dating and stuff like that, I, I turn it off. I tell her watch something different because I don't want her, you know, thinking that all right, we're going to I'm going to school to date or you know what I mean or that's you know, like that every interaction with boys has to be that. You know what I mean? At this point, she's seven years old. You know what I mean? I, I don't really. Right. But I was like, um, I was like, am I being homophobic because I turned it off? And it was like, no, I'm not because, like I said, even if it was, if she was talking about her her love life and it was heterosexual, I still would have turned it off because my daughter doesn't even view it. My daughter two seconds ago thought this kid was like a, a kid, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, and like an actual real life kid. So she, you know, what I'm saying, I don't, I, I was like, all right, I don't want to like give her confusing images, not confusing because it's lesbian, just confusing thinking that this is a kid who's involved in like sexual relationships or whatever the case may be. But even that, I was like, you know, like, is, 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 I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't think there's somebody behind a wall or behind a curtain, like, let's put out gay images and hope that we make the next generation gay. So I think that when people do say stuff like that, that's a little bit uh, ridiculous or silly. Um, I think there's more so of a people that just don't have, that have a problem with it. And they just are very bothered by it being more visual nowadays. You know, like Lil Nas X was on the BET Awards, right? When he kissed them, dude. Um, like, it wasn't like that, I guess, always, to some people. And I think it was, because I remember Madonna and, was it Madonna and Britney Spears? Kissed at, like, the MTV Awards, which is, people don't have a problem when that happens, right? People don't have a problem if Michael Jackson kisses Lisa Marie on stage. But it's like, all right. I mean, people did have a... A problem. <laughs> well, Michael Jackson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Donna thing. I mean, just in general, like it was very shocking to people. I, I, I think what's happening, right? And I'm going to be the conservative analyst uh, on today's episode. But <laughs> I feel, I, I feel as if there's a part of America that's being gaslit, right? We use that's another one of these modern terms. Like explain, explain that to people who don't know who don't know what that means. So gaslighting is like. Uh, someone's do, subtly doing something to you, right? And oftentimes, it's something like uh, mental in, in nature, but uh, it's so subtle that when you say, hey, you're doing this thing to me, they'd be like, nah, I know I'm not. So, uh, you know, for instance, if people keep, you know, subtly interrupting you at work or something like that, like that, you'd be like, oh, y'all keep interrupting me. And then they'd be like, no, 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 you're not. Like no one's interrupting you. Like that's how we talk to everybody. But it's like they they keep doing it. So you trying to get? Are they trying to get the reaction out of you? You saying they're they're doing it, but they're not. They I guess they're trying to get that that reaction. They're trying to get the reaction of when you identify. They could always have that plausible deniability. Oh, like, okay. So they're always front. They'll always have a way to say, no, "I didn't do that." Okay, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'll never like it, they'll never come out like for instance, if it's racism at work, they'll never come out and say, "Uh, you know, hey, nigga, where's my file?" Mm-hmm. It'll be more like, you know, it'll be subtle. Like your deadlines might always be. A day or two earlier than your white colleagues, and yeah. Just good. And then if you're late, it shows up in your review, and that's like, wait, what's going on? Like, my like, this is happening. Like, what's that? And they're like, no, no, it's not, no, it's not. It's just, you know, it's in your mind, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they come up with some excuse like your department is always has to come in a day earlier than everyone else, or some shit like that. Because now they have the Ex- the ability to do that because they weren't so overt with it. Exactly. So now yeah. what I'm saying about. Um, what I'm saying about depictions of gay people in popular culture right now, there's a part of America who just, you know, they watch stuff like the CBS or or um, ABC, all these things. The entire America watched it. And a lot of times, you know, more liberal people and um, 
nowadays in these things are produced in places where the LGBTQ community has more representation. They have more, more, I guess, safe spaces, things like that, right? Like L.A., New York, and even at, nowadays Atlanta. These play that's that's where these shows are produced. That's where these producers and executives are, and they're representing uh, gay, lesbian, trans people on television. Now. Uh, what a certain part of America, conservative conservative people who haven't been exposed to that type of thing and maybe aren't even the tolerant of that type of thing nowadays, they're like, something's different, but but the people putting that stuff on TV will be like, well, we're just representing, that's what the world looks like, yada, yada, yada. But the truth is, is that not everyone's world looks like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right or wrong, I'm not there to speak about that, but not, everyone were, not everyone's world looks like that. So it's worth addressing that concern, not necessarily responding to it and be like, oh, well, maybe we should count how many shows about gay people's on TV. But no, not that. But it's just, let's acknowledge that that's a legitimate concern. Like, I this is very different to me. Now, that doesn't mean you change because of that concern. That just means that these people have a concern for a particular reason. And it's worth talking about that. Maybe they need some kind of corrective education or whatever it is. But don't act like... It's not different now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not worth addressing, but at least don't act like it's it's not very different. So now the gay agenda thing, I think the word agenda slapped onto the back of anything makes it sound mad nefarious. And exactly. I, yeah. I, conservative people are, are good at doing stuff like that. <laughs> so the critical race theory agenda, and now they even shorten it to CRT. Mm-hmm. It's that's that's like a political thing that unfortunately politics is part of our culture now. Yeah, yeah, because that's a good point you make up. Because what you say is in the, like it could just be representation. Like, yeah, we are honestly making a push to have representation. Like, and we don't just want to do it during that one month of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to show this, right. but to call it an agenda makes it seem like they have a bigger goal in mind. Where that bigger goal in mind just is probably dollars, like everything. <laughs> and you right. know what I mean. And it, as opposed to be like, well, no, the bigger goal in mind is to corrupt the minds of young youth. Of, you know what I mean, of young men today and, and turn... Like, I believe, I don't know, I just kind of believe if you're going to be gay, you're going to be gay. If you're going to be straight, you're going to be straight. Images aren't going to, you know what I mean, help that because with all the heterosexual images that have been out there for years, you know what I mean, there wouldn't the, the, the there wouldn't be the numbers of gay people that there are. So it's like, that's it's not, it, it's not what people are exposed to. It's what they are. And I don't think they should be denied representation because you're afraid that you might be influenced by by that. You know what I mean? Um, That's right. But yeah, man, let's get to it, man. One of my favorite segments of the show, Keith, have you heard? Uh-huh. I got a question. And the question I ask you is how bad you want to know. A whole lot of stuff has happened in the past weeks, and I want to know if my man Keith has heard it, man. First up, brother. John Gruden is no longer the coach of the Raiders. I did hear about it, and that man won the he won the racist Olympic. Matter of fact, he won just the prejudice Olympics. John <laughs> Gruden went in. And you know what's crazy? It's, it's it's very scary for for older people in the workforce. Like they don't know how to treat emails. Like it all started with that African prince who was asking for money. Mm-hmm. And old people getting uh duped by it. Mm-hmm. I feel as if John Gruden should have known. The stuff he's typing 
is for a group text with your best friends, and even that's kind of risky if you're a high profile personality. The I, 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 so when John Gruden was working for ESPN, right? This is uh back in 2011. Um, he wrote an email to Bruce Allen, who uh, was the president of the Washington football team. Um, he wrote. Demoris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires in reference to uh, Demoris Smith, who was the NFLPA um, head, um, you know, who's basically like the kind of was that the union for like players. Right. Um, He kind of represents the players in in, in disputes. Um, And that comment um, by saying he has lips the size of Michelin tires is a uh, uh, was that a racial trope that, um, you know, they say black people have big lips. It was represented in, in minstrel shows and in artwork and cartoons where they would represent black characters with having huge lips, um, so to, so to speak. Um, but when that first came out, you know, he, he came out and I kind of did a fake ass apology. But then he also had a bunch of excuses saying that, uh, which was actually this is this is white privilege at the finest. My man said um, when, when people are known to be liars, I call them rubber lips. And that's the reference that I was making. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's some shit where you gotta have you gotta be really confident in who you are to sit in a room and be like yo when I wake up tomorrow and do that press conference I'm gonna say that shit <laughs> I'm gonna tell him that <laughs> but um it also came out that John Gruden had ton of other emails that were uh, worse they were uh, homophobic he was against women, women being uh, referees he called uh, Robert sorry uh What's his name? Uh, shit. Goodell. He called him a uh, what do you call him? The Roger Goodell. He called him the F word, which is a racial, uh, sorry, a, a homophobic uh, slur, and called him uh, a clueless anti-football pussy. <laughs> um, the thing about this, right? Also, yo, he shared a meme um, with like they had Hooters girls as referees. Um, it's a nice job, Roger. He also passed on uh, topless photos that were um, involved in an investigation from when the Washington uh, football team, where they were then known as the Redskins, um, they had a photo shoot um, in which some of the photographers took behind-the-scene photos of the girls, of cheerleaders, topless, and uh, sent it to the owner um, of the team, and he then passed it on to various people in the NFL, um, which is you know pretty disgusting and fucked up um the thing about this right john gruden wasn't fired john gruden stepped down i i kind of i i don't even know if john gruden could have he could have had a fight because he wasn't even working for them at the time and the people who would have had made the most noise about this were his employers espn <laughs> so it's like I'm, I'm pretty sure he could have been a dick about it and held it but it would have been such a distraction that it'd be like, it wouldn't even be worth it. You know what I mean? Putting up a fight for it. So it was like, ah, right, yeah, you got to go. But I don't know. I feel like there's an argument there. It's like, yo, if I did something at another job, why does it affect me here? You know what I mean? Um, There's kind of an argument to be had there. I think he should step down. I think he was, you know, a disgusting person. Um, And before all this came out, just some by the way that he moved, you know, certain players when he first got there and things that, I, that I've heard about him. Um. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson is, you know, he kind of looks as if he's piling on now um, because of, he's saying a lot of stuff about John Gruden. But I've actually listened to Keyshawn for a few years. And from day one, when John Gruden got that job, he's always said he's a shady character and he he ain't really fuck with him. Um, and then once this came out, Keyshawn, just, you know, hopped to the forefront and let, let the whole world know everything he knew. But he's been saying stuff like this for years about him. 
Um, yeah, well, I give him credit there because I, I know there's some people who, who um, piled on, right? A lot of people piled on. I, it, it was crazy. Like, no one said anything. What's the name? Uh, I didn't listen to Keyshawn, but um, you know, taking your word for it like that, I, I admire that. Like from day one, if he he was saying stuff, one hundred percent, one hundred fifty, and he was on some shit like like before Gruden got the job. Like Gruden hit him up because you know that's a former player of him. But he's like, I'll tell y'all straight up, I don't I don't fuck with him like that. I don't like him like that. He's a shady character. Like he's like, um, but but like Randy Moss was like damn near crying on TV. I'm like, y'all was on the same telecast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you definitely you know what I mean like there was no vibe you never got no weird vibes from him about like you know to this to this effect but yeah he had to go bro cause this, that just can't he had a gay play on his team <laughs> yeah. so like the fact that he was mad about Michael Sam um, being in the league and blamed Roger Goodell for uh, pressuring Jeff Fisher for, for drafting which I don't even can the NFL owner force a team to draft a player um, it's like it, it just it's, it's kind of wild yeah and I, I, I would have felt uncomfortable if he would have remained as the coach yeah, I mean, are you surprised that that um, it was it was Randy Moss crying because he was sad that this happened because he liked Gruden? Randy Moss, no, uh, Randy. This is before Gruden stepped down. I think it's when the might have been just a big lips comment um had been released. I he this is way like not it's like a day or two before he stepped down. He kind of wanted to. He was like crying because he was like, "How come the NFL hasn't done anything yet?" You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was like disappointed. Like he was surprised. You said that. Um, I wasn't you like surprised that Randy Moss didn't get no vibe or nothing like that. Oh no! Oh oh! From yeah, from Gruden. Yeah, like that he wasn't. That he didn't feel like like I, like like that he didn't. I don't know, like because he was crying, and I'm like, well, don't you? These are the, a lot of motherfuckers in the NFL are like this, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like yeah, Gruden's. Yeah. He was sending this to NFL uh, execs. You know what I'm saying? So it, I don't think that that attitude should be nothing that Randy should be surprised about. And the fact that Gruden made the comments, which I don't know, I don't know if that surprised him. But to that effect, it's like you ain't never get that vibe from him. Like you ain't never <laughs> been around him. Which Probably maybe not, man. maybe he did it. Maybe a Gruden lot, turns it off. A lot of racist dudes. Mm-hmm. They just seem like regular dudes around. Like you know, whether it's coworkers, whether you have a relationship or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. a lot of your coworkers and bosses and stuff. I think uh, Patrice O'Neill has said a joke, something to the effect of, you know the basically saying there's a bunch of racist people out there but I've never met one of them one of y'all gotta be racist like somebody here and you just don't know you know what I'm saying like so when it comes to John Gruden he probably just looked like a maybe they didn't like each other but it could have been the case that it was he didn't maybe around Randy Moss wasn't in a position to show any racist tendencies Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah that's just John Gruden and the dude I passed by at work every now and then we work together so I'm not surprised that a lot of people didn't know. No, no, and and that's that's a G, shout out uh, rest in peace to Patrice O'Neill. Like that's he's comic genius, but like that's a true fact because like the the place where I used to work, right? Like there's there's people there who might not even be racist. They make racist jokes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's just because they feel comfortable in this atmosphere making it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like. Um, is that right my or wrong? racist, man. My yeah, family's like racist. <laughs> and I brought people of different races into my house, uh, of which certain family members have derogatory things to say about their race. And then when we leave, like I've dated people in my youth and stuff, and when they leave, they're like, yeah, you, you know, yeah, whoever is, that, that, they were great. I like them. You know, it looks like we hit it off. I'm like, yeah, but they hate all your people. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, they it, it's funny because it's like I gotta give people a little bit of grace. I'm like, 
black people are some of the most racist people I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In like the neighborhoods I grew up in. So it's just like, we make fun of everybody. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, so it's like, I can't necessarily say you're racist because you make a joke, but it's just like, I, 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 it, it, it goes in your file. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it definitely, it, 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 I, can, I can use it to build a character if I see other uh, traits that remind me of it. So it's like, right. um, but I, but to that effect, it, it's, it's, I don't put nothing on paper or say nothing out loud that I feel like could be used against me. Put it like that. I'm not going to try to make a tweet about a group of people whether it could be the funniest shit on earth it's you know what i'm saying i just set myself up now you know what i mean and and right. it's like i i don't I, and the you see shit this shit came out in 2011 this shit was probably sent to his friends somebody had to betray somebody's trust here you know what i'm saying <laughs> and it's like i don't know if you just pissed him off or if maybe he had plans of releasing that for years who knows so it's just like i don't know it's like you can't you can't put yourself out there like that it's it's dangerous um right. Keith, have you heard Kyrie is not allowed to play with, well, the Brooklyn Nets kind of was like, yo, we ain't with the shits, basically, because he ain't getting vaccinated. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have heard that, and um, I don't know. Like, I, it, You think it's, it's fair, it's the treatment that he, what do you think about the field of the, the treatment that he's getting? Because I feel on one hand, everyone, when LeBron was told to shut up and dribble, <laughs> right uh the people who were very against that you know came to lebron's defense right are now the same people telling Kyrie to shut up and take the shot and then the same people who made those comments about lebron are kind of like whoa let's give Kyrie some grace here <laughs> let's let Kyrie, you know what i'm saying have some freedom and it's like wait hold on like you know what i mean like why are we switching up based off of what side of the argument we want to be on here? Is he does he have the right to speak his opinion about stuff, or is you know should he just shut up and fall in line? He definitely has his right. I think the player, a lot of the players who've commented commented on it have gotten it right. Essentially, what they're saying is that yo, that man is just that's a stance he took and he's exercising on it. Current that's players, it. current players, but a lot of the older great, players, yeah, a lot of older players is making it like he fucked up, right? Uh, I don't know about well. At least the comments I've heard, it's not about him fucking up. It's just like that's it is what it is. He's doing what he's doing, and like that's a choice that he's making. And even though those players agree with the vaccine thing or have themselves taken the vaccine, they're like. Whereas some commentators are like, man, Kyrie's a bad teammate. And well, no, that's what I'm yeah, different. That's what I'm saying. Like the current players are cool with it. Like the people in the NBA right, right now, exactly. Yeah, but the Charles right. Barkleys and the Magic Johnsons are like, yo, you let your teammates down. I'm like, his teammates just said they don't give a fuck. <laughs> like you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, but my fault. Yeah, so we were saying I, the same thing. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, oh, you mean former players? Well, I, now I classify them as the media. So yeah, when I think yeah. about I got you. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, I think of them as the media. And the media, those commentators, Stephen A. Smith, even though he wasn't a player, mm -hmm. um, what they're saying about him, I get where they're coming from. Like, cause if you're not available for the team, then you're being a bad – and you had – a choice in the matter, then you're being a bad teammate. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, you know, they compare it to something like if you come to training camp fat, then you're not really available in the way that you should be available because mm -hmm. you could have worked out over the off season. So it's, it's kind of like that, but I, I, I get where he's coming from. I mean, honestly, I, I doubt the power, you know, I have doubts about the power of his movement, but we'll see how this unfolds. Like we'll see what he's, 
you know, if, if one day he just drops it and says, you know what, it is what it is. And I wonder how much of it is that thing I mentioned earlier of everyone wants to have some type of, I guess, like a, like a proverbial march, right? Some type of protest. Like, I want to activate against <laughs> He wants to be an activist. <laughs> he don't yeah, the and I wonder how much of it is this, because if he really wanted to make movements, is this the way? Is this the platform? Is this the time to do it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, maybe the, he, he said in his own words that his money... Like, the money he's losing, it's not a big deal for him. But, like, just as far as, like, sitting around and not being able to play ball and kind of your stock dropping as you're out, can he handle, does he want to handle something like that? We'll see. And he also might not like basketball like that. You know what I mean? Like, to to that point, like, he's looking for excuses not to play. You know what I'm saying? And, and Yeah, it could be. He, got a, he, he has a, a championship ring, so, I mean, you yeah. know, he... He's well respected as a ball player, so who knows? Maybe he's. But, like, but he's got. But I, I feel like he's had like a a weird rap. You know what I'm saying? Ever since like people people still bring up LeBron James. Like to, I'm like, bro, he hasn't played with LeBron James in years. You know what I mean? But it's still something that yeah. people feel the need to bring up around him, or that you know, like he's been on some teams and they don't like him in Boston, and they you know what I mean like, and it's like, bro, like it's. it's I don't know. I feel like, you know, he gets a bad rap or whatever. And, and and some of it is his own fault. Some of it he brings on himself, you know what I mean? And the flat earth shit and the being weird and switching stances, I, I guess, when it was, um, when they were in the bubble and things like that. Um, so, like, it's not all, I think, unfair to put it on him. But I think he's only hurt. He's, he's losing out on money. His team can win without him, right? If he was injured, they'd have to do it without him. And it's just like, he, COVID makes a lot of people uncomfortable. <laughs> like it, there's a lot of shit to it right there's a, there's the aspect of do you want to go outside and be around people put yourself at risk do you want to get the vaccine do you want to give the vaccine to you? there's a lot of aspects to it that make people uncomfortable and is it that right wild that one person don't, you know bradley bill didn't get the vaccine either <laughs> it's like but he just lives in a state where he can play at home he can you know what i mean right. he can play at games so it's just like it, it's it's i wish Kyrie the best um i would have loved to see bradley him play bill got it Oh, did he end up getting? Yeah, I think he at first he he, he wasn't he, getting it. He he, he pushed back, but uh, I, we could verify that. Let's just <laughs> roll with that. Uh, did he get it? The one I see, the last one I see is like on October eighth. Yeah. All right. Let's say he didn't get it. Yeah. All right. Mm. But he he softened. His, I know he softened his stance on it, but um, yep. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I think what what this is is um, a nice little view into is like a real debate that's happening in people's lives. Like now people are having vaccine mandates and stuff. And honestly, I haven't I don't know what the debate looks like today, but in places like New York and um, just different places, they're they're mandating uh, city employees or, or government employees to get the vaccine. And a lot mm-hmm. of government employees, especially in cities, are black mm-hmm. right? bus drivers, sanitation. Um, all these different types of jobs as black people. And I haven't reached out to a lot of my friends who work for the government, see how they feel about it, because I know they were hesitant about the vaccine even before all this this mandate stuff. I think it's fucked up and, and like that, like bus drivers. And I mean, I was thinking about it more so with the healthcare workers, but not you mentioned it with bus drivers too. They were putting themselves at risk. A lot of people was going to work. Cause it was essential, right? And they 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 wasn't no vaccine, and they was putting themselves at risk. And especially with the healthcare workers, we looked at them as heroes. And I was like, "Yo, you're fired." That's a little fucked up, in my yeah. opinion. Like, and I'm not, 
I, 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 I'm not an anti-vax or pro-vax. I, you know, I, I got it because I thought it would work for me. You know what I mean? And it's what's right for me and my family. Like everyone else, to each his own. Um, but I think that's kind of fucked up that you wouldn't give them that same, you know, to choose. And I get it. You know, it's a contagious disease. They're going to be around a lot of people. You know, that have it that come in with it. Um, but is that uh, you know what I mean like is that more of a risk that they're taking or they make or or them just being there making everything else more risky for the I guess the vaccinated people they would be around um, that's something that no one knows and if we knew the answer to that there wouldn't be as much debate <laughs> about that uh, about this whole thing uh, nowadays um, Keith have you heard there was a hockey player that was suspended for a fake vaccination card uh, well, I'm gonna tell you right now. As soon as you said hockey, I know I wasn't gonna hear about it. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't talk about Evander Kane. I, I had it was on like, you know, the list of potential topics, and maybe we just got busy one day and just didn't talk about it. But Evander Kane has been making a lot of news this past year. Like his his wife came out right and said that not only was he you know abusive to her, but that he has a gambling problem and he actually was betting on his own games. Um, he actually went, you know, went through a whole investigation. They found that he does have a gambling problem and he does bet, but he looks like they couldn't catch him betting on his own games. Um, also the, the claims that she made about being, um, abused, they, they were unsubstantiated. However, though, he did get caught because he, and and suspended for 21 games because he had submitted a fake COVID-19 vaccination card. So some people just can't stay out of trouble, you know what I mean? And after beating (laughs) those cases, he was like, you know what I mean? I might as well roll the dice and try to get through with this fake Moderna. (laughs) And it did not, it did not work. I only wonder how motherfuckers get caught. Like, what about a vaccination card? Yeah. What about a vaccination card looks like, can you determine or not? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see nothing on it that you could verify if this shit's true real or not but maybe there's maybe there's, there's yeah, just no. something that they don't let people know about i don't know <laughs> yeah some old secret stamp that he had no idea but it appears <laughs> to just be an index card and people write down like what which vaccine you got and all that type of stuff yeah because people get caught at the airport with them people get caught i mean i've heard about people getting caught because of misspellings too they don't know how to spell moderna or or um the Johnson and Johnson one doesn't say Johnson and Johnson is you know they're you know their other company their pharmaceutical uh, branch right. so it's like they it, so it's like they might fuck up and write you know I mean the wrong thing on it like that but um it, it's uh yeah he got caught <laughs> only, and, uh, you know I guess he didn't know that he couldn't do that <laughs> because yeah, he, number uh, number one rule just don't get caught twenty one games too damn shit but. Man, like, don't try it, y'all. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it ain't worth it, bro. It really ain't, man. How you feel about these booster shots, man? Like, are, are we? Out, is it time for us to go get them yet? Or? I don't know. I get texts from like the state, mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey, and uh, they, they pretty much say who's up, up next. I guess it's kind of the same concept of as when vaccination started. Like New York, maybe they made a, may have started vaccinating people under fifty. Yeah. sooner than florida did us and stuff like that so we'll see they, they keep texting honestly i don't know much about the booster why i get it and all that stuff when i do my research i guess i'll make a decision yeah. it may end well, up I, being you know if they say it protects you or it maintains your protection maybe it's something worth me looking at because if i got the initial two two shots to be protected and that protection fades then I'm open to getting the booster if it extends the protection, especially, you know, as as this 
pandemic goes on longer and longer. I mean, look at Colin Powell, man, died of complications of COVID. Like, it's still very much Word. with us. And you can mix and match. Like, so if you got Moderna before you can get Pfizer, if you got Johnson & Johnson before you can get the Moderna booster, um, which I'm like, I don't know if that, you know what I mean? But I'm like, Johnson & Johnson, that's just what I got. They didn't get the best, you know, publicity. <laughs> so I'm like, should I switch up? Or should I just stick with what I know? Because, you know, obviously, I, it's, I, it's gotten me this far, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you heard, which I think you have, uh, your man Colin Powell has passed away. Um, rest in peace. Um, it was That was pretty cool, right, at a young age to have, like, a black... Uh, well, he was, uh, sec- what was he, Secretary of the State, or? Oh, uh, well, he was Secretary of State. He, he did a few things. He was yeah, but the when, when we were... Then. When we were young, he was he was the general in the um, Iraq War in the uh, Gulf War. He was War. the the chair the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So it's like the highest. Let me see. It's the, I believe it's the matter. It is. It's the highest military position you can hold. Like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean that was pretty big. Like, I remember one of the the first books like in my memory. So I read mm-hmm. a lot of biographies as a kid, and I got like a like a um a young a young person's version of. A biography of Colin Powell. It was actually two biographies in one book. Okay. And it was um, one part. The first part was Colin Powell. The second part was Benjamin O. Davis Jr. And they're you know two great black military leaders in in America's history. Mm. Um, both generals. Both generals. When it was still rare to see a black general mm-hmm. or a black officer in, in period. I think. Um, he he holds a special place in, in my mind. So I don't think about. I mean, of course, the the thing with the Iraq War when he said some stuff that was inaccurate mm-hmm. uh, in front of Congress, you know that that muddied his legacy a lot. Mm-hmm. But the his military career is something that sticks in me just because of how I knew him as a kid. Gotcha, 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 man. And uh, in response to Colin Powell passing away, uh, your man Trump went full fifty cent and decided that he wanted to uh, you know drop some bars. <laughs> and let people know how he uh how he felt about Colin Powell in general. Not really being a fan of his, you know, obviously. Um, but hold on, let me pull up the statement here. What did Trump say, man? He's a wild boy. <laughs> he really is, man. Uh, Basically, he said that uh, Colin Powell wasn't a fan of his. So Trump said some, you know, not graceful stuff about Colin Powell's death. It, it was. And that's a former president. And that's that's uh, rough. Yeah. That's rough to see that uh, somebody that's Trump, someone that so, so many people love, talking about another people that so many people love, Colin Powell, in this kind of way. It's like not for an adult to to, <laughs> to speak like that about the dead is is just weird because there's no he like Colin Powell now can't answer for himself mm-hmm. or respond to that statement, similar to how Fifty Cent talked about Michael K. Williams. Yeah, and it was 24 hours, you know, probably less than 24 hours that Trump made the statement. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, uh, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, which I found out means uh, Republican in name only. If even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans, he made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he rest in peace. <laughs> Who's man's? Who's man's? <laughs> that's weird. I never was the type of... I mean, some people like, you know, that's your ops, right? In life, that's your ops in death. 
I don't have ops. <laughs> I guess like that. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I feel like all right, once somebody died, that's a whole nother level. Like you know what I mean? I right, man. Like you know what I mean? I, I don't. I put bad karma out there. You know what I mean? Why do I want that? But yeah. To each his own. Yeah, I mean, we just losing that 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 um that gentle. Uh, you know, even though it's, it's gendered, I guess that that's a thing now. But that gentlemanly thing of, you know, you're, you're dead no matter what we had. If I don't got nothing good to say to you, I'll say nothing at all. He could have just mm-hmm. been like Colin Powell, well, you know, well respected. He was a general. He's a secretary of state. He doesn't have to say he was a good one. He just has to say he was a general. He's a secretary of state. Um, he'll be missed. Yeah. And don't even oh, make no comment. <laughs> be like, yeah, no, no, no comment. Nobody's gonna be. Oh my God, Trump didn't comment on Colin Powell passing. I wouldn't even correlate the two of them together. So it's like, is it? it uh, and, and yeah, like you said, he made comments about Trump before. So it's like, I right, we already knew y'all ain't like each other. <laughs> but it's like, it's, I don't know, man. I, that's not how I get down to each his own. But like, you know, what I mean, I, that that tells me something about a person when they feel the need to, you know, what I mean, take it to that level. Um, and Keith, I just I just heard about this. This is crazy. Have you heard? Um, Alec Baldwin discharged a prop firearm on a movie set that ended up killing um, a director of photography and injured a, the director. Yeah, uh, so this is a rough series of have you heards, but I did hear about that. And <laughs> injured one, killed one. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just bizarre. Like a mad, like dying in that way. Like, what do you even say to somebody's family? Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody's a coal miner or, you know, you, you dig for oil or you handle heavy machinery, like, you're like, man, like, what happened? And, like, you could uh, you could start to imagine how that may have happened to your loved one. If your family ha- had gotten a job, a pretty nice job producing movies on a production team, and you hear about this by a gun, like, it's it's weird probably on a set filled with people who are like anti-gun mm-hmm. it's just weird and bizarre and it's really sad and um he he posted a picture which was weird like of him in in costume with blood all over him um a few hours before this happened um i also heard that the the cast uh walked off the set um, shortly before this happened, at least one of the camera operators complained last weekend to production managers about gun safety on the set. Um, they described the on-set gun safety issues and misfired. Um, they they had reports of it days before this even happened that they were issues. Um, because there's supposed to be man. certain like, protocol. How a live round even get on set? Like that's that's crazy. I don't know if it was a live round though. I think they're investigating into that. But I have heard there's certain protocols you're supposed to use when using blanks. Blanks can still hurt you if, at a certain um, distance. So right. if you because it does let off actual embers, um, there is a discharge of you know I mean it's something like once it makes contact with you, it's not supposed to. But maybe they might have been too close, or maybe it might have been a live round. Who knows? If someone you know like wanted to set somebody up, you know what I mean, or do something fucked up about it. But um, it, it is possible that even with the prop gun that, you know, that he could have caused extreme injuries. But then he heard two people. So I'm like, did he shoot two shots? Right. <laughs> and that's, you know what I mean? Like, it, but that's, yeah, that's, I, I mean, that sucks for Alec Baldwin too. If, if this was all a mistake, like, damn, that, that really sucks. Cause that would, that would fuck me up. Right. If I'm just made a mistake and it ended up hurting two people, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's some traumatic shit to have to deal with. We, uh, yeah, we know. I mean, Alec, Alec Baldwin's definitely had experiences with being 
just being extremely controversial, being that guy in the news that no one likes. So like mm-hmm. to have this come out again, like that doesn't help. At least it doesn't help him as far as how people see this situation. Like he was the one who fired the gun and and, and somebody died. At least one person got hurt last I saw the story. So that is tough. Yeah, definitely. Our thoughts and prayers are definitely with uh, the uh, families of the victims um, in, in, in that situation. And um, like I said, if it was a mistake, man, Alec Bowl, hold your head up, bro, because that, that's some fucked up shit you got to deal with, man. But uh, that's another episode in the books, Keith, man. Where can people find you at on social media, brother? Instagram, me, I'm on the squad 35. Yes, sir. You can find your boy DJ Playboy on Instagram at Plickapeezy, P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-E-Z-Y. Also, check out our uh, Instagram at Perfect Talk Radio right there. Uh, You know what I mean? Leave us a DM. Let us know what you think of the show. You know what I mean? Give us a shout out. You know what I mean? Also, check us out at www.perfecttalk.com. Uh, podcast.com we got every episode of the perfect talk podcast uh my radio show the night shift and my other radio show that i do with my brother dj show man shout out to dj show he got a birthday coming up soon um you can find every episode of the perfect talk podcast on apple podcast google podcast soundcloud spotify iheart radio when all your favorite digital streaming platforms wherever your favorite podcasts are found leave a review leave a rating let us know what you think we're gonna keep things moving for you uh keith you watching on television nowadays brother apple tv plus trying it's about this couple who's trying to get a kid mm-hmm. dope like adopt funny. a kid or have a kid uh just have a kid okay they're trying to become parents so gotcha. i'll say that mm-hmm. so so uh yeah it's a, it's a really good show funny people british show anybody famous and, uh, that, in guess, it that we know or uh nah it, no. it's I would imagine these people are probably really famous in Britain, maybe. Mm-hmm. But there's no nobody we know in America. You know what I checked out this week for the first time? Uh, the Wu Tang, American, uh, an American saga. Uh, they have the show on Hulu. Is that starring the dude from Moonlight. Yo, it it it, it did start. He plays RZA, right? And for the first, you know, starts and like the first couple of scenes, you're watching them and they're like. Like, like this is the dude that got a hand job in Moonlight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you can't yeah. forget it. But he's actually so good of an actor, and he's playing RZA so well that literally within minutes you see him as RZA. Like, you know what I'm saying? As, as right, a kid, right, as right. A, like he's that good of an actor. Like he's like the the way that he he talks like RZA talks. Like, and that that's something that they did really good with the casting of a lot of the characters. You kind of know who they're supposed to be playing before they even say a word, just based off the the way that they look and their mannerisms. Um, yeah. but yeah, he he's yeah. in it. Dave East is in it. Dave East plays Method Man. Um, oh, word? Yeah. It, it, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, I saw like the first couple episodes, but I just didn't stick with it. Okay. Um, of the first season. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a series, right? Like multiple seasons? Yeah. They just, uh, just season two just started, which made me kind of get into it. And it's cool in a way because we know these characters and we know these songs that it's almost like watching the origin story of like superheroes kind of. Like, right. it, it, but it, it, it's so far so good. I like it. You know what I mean? And I, it, I'm. I'm like with me. I take a while to watch things. You know what I mean, like I did, I started Squid Game, but like I, I think I'm like one episode deep or two episodes deep or whatever. But um, I don't really keep up with everything that everybody's watching at the time. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like when you do that, somebody's gonna finish it before you, and they always ruin the fucking ending or some shit like that. So <laughs> I kind of like try to just fall back, and then I and also I don't have that much time to watch TV either. But I uh, so far so good with the Wu Tang with the Wu Tang thing. All right, right. Yeah. Um, also like uh, What have I been reading Shout out to Keith Yo shout out to you man Giving me that Audible um, Membership Cause I've been rocking out With the audio book Still reading um, 48 Laws of Power um, 
plotting on my next book after that. But they, the, this, I think one of the best things you could give somebody is information and knowledge. So, you know what I mean? That's that's just a gift that I'm always super grateful of, man. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, definitely, man. Nobody could take it away from you. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Um, And something physical... Something physical I could have lost by now, I could have broke by now, you know what I'm saying? But like the the power of knowledge and just constantly searching. And then and it really felt good to this time of my life. It, it came at a good time because I have the the job now where I can listen to like audiobooks for hours, bro. You know what I mean? And just like uninterrupted, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And just rock out. So um much appreciated. Uh stay healthy out there, man. Um, you know, blessings over there to you and your family. I know that you know what I'm saying the parenting thing is still a new experience for you, but you uh you doing your thing. We proud of you over here, man. You know what I mean, doing the whole family thing. Um everybody out there, make sure you wear your mask. Do whatever you feel you need to do to stay safe, whether that's getting vaccinated or masking up or just socially distancing, man. Staying away the fuck away from people. Do what you gotta do. <laughs> and uh we gonna keep things moving, man. Keith, say goodbye to the people, brother. Peace. Peace.